Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. And I'm always at your service. So if you have any topics that you need me to address, even if I addressed it before, I will make another episode on it. There's never enough that I can do uh, on a certain topic. I can cover it from any new angle that I haven't covered before. Feel free to send it to me. Any question you may have, I'll make an episode about, which will in return help other people. It's it's a win-win situation. <laughs> I get to be inspired by a topic that's coming from the public, and I get to be of service, and you get to be of service delivering information to other people as well, asking for them, having the courage to ask for another person that may not have the courage to email me. So I appreciate that when I get some emails, I really do, because I know it takes a lot of courage to send them my way. So to send them to a stranger, you know, tonight is about trust, specifically dealing with something I hear often in therapy. People that have put up walls for many years to protect themselves from pain and dealing specifically with the threat of people, pain from people. I think that's the biggest threat any human being will ever protect themselves from, emotionally speaking, is um, pain, pain from another person. And we will do the most interesting things to protect ourselves. Now, this, of course, starts early on. I develop an attachment style towards my caregivers. And depending on that kind of attachment, whether I find security in the way that they meet my needs, or I feel insecure and I have to perform harder to meet my needs for my parents, uh, whether those needs are love, affection, attention, all those are things that children need. And I will do whatever it takes to get those things. And so if they don't come easily, I'll try to chase them or have, or be useful to my parents in some way so I can get those needs met. This will start to form how I attach. Uh, also will start to tell me whether people to be, are to be trusted or not. Now it doesn't just get developed in childhood. I think trust or lack thereof continues to develop strongly in teenage years and on, in early adulthood and on, we start to develop relationships. This is where we want to work on intimacy. Intimacy requires that we disclose things, vulnerabilities to another person. And how we feel about them is a vulnerability because they can either use it or abuse it uh, or they can receive it in a healthy way. And we never know. We take that risk. But in taking that risk, uh, which we should be taking that risk, it's, a, it's an important risk to take. And I don't use shoulds often, but this one here, yeah, we need, we need to take that risk, people. Early on, we take that risk in a romantic way. We become vulnerable to another person. And then that person uh, may disappoint us right? And how they deal with our vulnerabilities and what we show them. And so love in the beginning for us, for many of us humans, when we start to connect in a romantic way, 
we go all in a lot of the times we go all in and we surrender in a lot of ways and compromise with so much of ourselves, our wants, our needs, our boundaries. And when the heartbreak sets in, then we do this thing where we retreat from love. We start doubting ourselves. We blame ourselves in a lot of ways. Even if the other person was the one to hurt, maybe hurt us, we blame ourselves and start doubting our ability to be trusted in a relationship. And so because we don't want to feel this pain again, and we don't want to blame ourselves again, what we do to avoid this pain, friends, is we put up these walls. We make these rules and limitation where we keep a person at a distance, a person that we could get vulnerable with at a distance. Now, if they, we could get vulnerable with them if we have feelings towards them and a connection towards them. That means in our mind, they could hurt us as we've been hurt before, right? And so that's when we start developing a distrust uh, towards others. But it's really, again, this is the genius of it that we don't figure it out, is that it's not about trusting another person. We don't trust ourselves in love. We think that we are to blame for being vulnerable. We shouldn't have been that vulnerable. And we're going to fix it, <laughs> the next relationship we're into, by putting up walls, by making rules, by having stiff boundaries, and um, or re- refusing to engage in intimacy, emotional intimacy. I need to make sure that I normalize this for you. This milestone of us looking at people with distrust, being a little bit more rigid with our boundaries, we might even keep them at a distance or avoid intimacy. All those things are ways that we protect ourselves. We think we're protecting ourselves, but in actuality, it is working against us because like I said before, yeah, we can protect ourselves from the bad, but we're also leaving out the good and we don't have a lens that filters the difference because all people are not to be trusted. Um, all women are, you know, whatever, and all men are whatever. And we just kind of put them all in one category. And we think this is the easiest way to deal with this by just simply avoiding people, avoiding vulnerability, getting to know someone, intimacy, letting someone in, in our world, and also me jumping in their world as well and sharing it with them. And so, all this is just funny business that we do all in to avoid the self-bashing I'm going to do when things or people specifically don't meet my expectations in a relationship. So how do I heal this? How do I make sure that uh, if I've developed this lens that I'm looking out through the world and at people and it's consistently identifying people in a threatening way, how do I make sure that I remove that threat and then I'm free from it so I don't have to look at people and ever think they're a threat? Well, there's one important thing we must do, and that is to bring the trust back within ourselves. 
That's what it's about. I can't control how people are going to respond, whether they're going to disappoint me or not. And I assure you, people are going to disappoint you. Let me tell you why. Because they are imperfect. <laughs> they, they can't read your mind. They uh, have their own free will. And so they're going to disappoint you. But that's not what we need to focus on. Whether people are going to disappoint you or not is not what needs to be focused on. What needs to be focused on is your self-trust, your trust within you that if people do not meet the needs that you have in some way, then you can at any time, even if you love them still, remove yourself from their life. Retreat and make a boundary that's healthy where Yes, we could talk as friends, but I will not go further than that. You know, I still love you as a person, but I cannot invite you into my domain, into my world. Uh, and that's the way to protect yourself in a healthy way. By generalizing all people are not to be trusted, this isn't about people anymore. This is about you, right? This is something about you as a person who's looking at the world in that this trusting suspicious way, you're going to sabotage important connections that you can make in your lifetime. And more importantly, you're going to not risk when you need to risk, right? When you need to risk and when you meet somebody that's worth the risk, more than likely, if you don't trust yourself, you're going to not risk your vulnerability. And I need people to risk their vulnerability. I need to, people to engage in that kind of risk where they meet a person and they give information about themselves. They share a bit of themselves. It doesn't have to be full-blown surrender, right? It's not what love is about. Unfortunately, that's what we think it's about in movies and in media, but it's not what it's about. It's not about full surrender. Love is about sharing each other's journey when we're together. We're sharing in each other's journey is the best way to say that. And so we don't need to go all out by making stiff rules where we don't allow people in. So we go back and take a look at your relationship with yourself. Forgiveness, specifically self-forgiveness, is what is needed here. We take risks. That's what love is about. That's what relationships and connectedness is about. We take risks. And the beauty of taking risks is that either way, we learn something from it. We learn a lot about ourselves. And every risk that we take, heartbreak that we might feel, disappointment we might feel, that information that we learn from those disappointments and that heartbreak is going to help us to get closer to filtering what exactly we want from another person. If we don't engage in this process and not take any risks. If we just continue to not take any risks with any, anybody else, we're not going to learn about ourselves and what we actually want. And what's the best way to know about what you want is going through what you don't want to really hone that in and focus that in and give you a clearer picture of where you want to go. That's a wonderful thing. But we need to take the risk. We need to have the courage to take the risk and to trust ourselves in taking that risk. Specifically, <clears throat> when it comes to forgiving ourselves from the past, that's one, but also trusting 
that when I get into another relationship and it doesn't match what I want, I can accept it and bow out of that relationship gently and kindly. I don't need to hate myself for picking a person that is uh, wrong or that is a disappointment and they broke my heart and all that. It, it, it's We take the risk, people. It's such a normal thing. And I want to make sure that everybody just brings it down to size. It's not a problem that we take the risk. I don't need you to hold a grudge against yourself for taking a risk on someone and realizing that it, it was disappointing or heartbreaking. It's fine. We need to go through people, many people, in order for us to figure out what we do want and to meet the person that is a great compatible uh, specimen to us. So there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with this research process. But a lot of the times, you know, socially, we are conditioned to think that we shouldn't make mistakes in a relationship. We should be able to pick that person and it needs to be right and perfect and wonderful, you know, and, and we can't make mistakes on it. And also, like, it's it, another idea there that's pretty condi- conditioned is that we ha- we have to control. If I give you love, you need to give me love back. If I give you respect, you need to give me respect back. That's not, I don't know why we think we need to expect that because it doesn't allow for, for you to see when somebody doesn't respect your boundaries and doesn't want them uh, and doesn't, uh, you know, show you love in a healthy way. You will not be able to see it because you want what you want. And so in you wanting that, we're not willing to adjust our uh, lens to look at things as they are. And so I'm going to nag to my partner and tell them that they need to change and they need to change and they need to change and they need to change because I cannot accept that they're just not a good match. And that's hard to admit. That's hard to admit. And I think in my head that if I nag them enough, if I tell them enough, if I just complain about it enough. And all these are just forms of control and manipulation towards our partner. And let me just tell you, oh man, it's like we we try to tell them to show us love this way, show us love this way. And it's not, we know deep down inside that we're forcing them. We're forcing them to to love us. It's not coming from them and the way they want to love us. It's it's like it has to be shown in the way I want it. And if I don't get what I want, I nag. I nag. I'm I go to control mode and I want to change things up. And that's not real love. That's not that's not love. That's control. That's possessiveness. Let's not mistake that with love. And to be honest, like Alan Watts said, we do not respect love that is not freely given. We just don't respect it. We know deep down inside that I made you do it. I I made my husband, for example, um, make me breakfast on Mother's Day in the morning because that's what you should do. And I made him feel guilty about it. So the next time he did make me breakfast uh, on Mother's Day because he remembers the guilt and the shame I put him through when he didn't make it. <laughs> so, you know... We know, deep down inside, we know when we are forcing love. We know when we are trying to control it or manipulate it. And eventually we become resentful because we know deep down inside it ain't real. The other person really becomes resentful because they know that they they have to perform like circus monkeys uh, for love, for love. They're just not loved for who they are. They're, they're loved for how useful they are. Trusting another person 
goes back again, and I want to keep reminding you this over and over, is that it goes back to my self-trust. If a person is not a match to me, that's okay. They're allowed to not be a match to me. I don't need to force them, but I need to accept the harsh reality that if they're not a match, I need to let them go. And I can let them go with love. It doesn't have to be an ugly scene. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, World War 15. It can just be a simple or even complicated letting go. It can be done. But accepting that I'm not a match to someone and I could trust myself to know myself enough to know that, hey, that's, I'm not a match to someone and it's not that they're bad for me. It's not that they, that I'm, I'm not enough. It's just, it's just not a match. And I trust myself to know that today. And then in retrusting myself and working on that, I'm able to take a risk to show myself to another person that I date next, right? And then if they show me that they are not able to deal with vulnerability very well, then I can go into protecting myself in a healthy way and retreat my efforts in the relationship, not keep putting in effort, but remove it. Okay. So I don't nag anymore. I don't argue anymore. I don't try to make somebody see my point of view. If they're not getting it, that's cool. They're allowed to not get it. They're allowed to be wherever they're at. I'm allowed to be wherever I'm at, but I'm going to, I'm I'm also allowed to retreat and and um, tell the person that I don't want to change you. And for that, I need to release you with compassion and with love. Hard thing to do because <laughs> we'd rather nag. We'd rather go to control mode. I got to nag and argue with you. Please, please love me the way I want you to love me. Please. <laughs> I see it all the time. I see it all the time. It's unkind to ourselves and our journey because we're still not working on our own self-trust. And we're thinking that it's people. And I'm never going to look at them compassionately. So let's take responsibility for this filter that we put on our lens. And in healing it, we get closer and closer to meeting our match. And to being able to, to live a life that's fulfilling. Because I am finally meeting my emotional needs with somebody that I can ride this journey with, that I would love to ride this journey with. And it doesn't mean that they have to be perfect, but hey, there are some people that are just more perfect for me than another person, right? And that's where you get to decide. And there's a beauty to knowing that you are to be trusted to decide what's good for you. And we need to know this on the inside. We need to make sure that we work on the self-doubt. We forgive ourselves for our past and we know that we are to be trusted. We know it. Deep down inside, we are to be trusted to know what's good for us. And even if I show, show some vulnerability and take a risk in a relationship and let's say it doesn't work out, it's fine. It's not meant to always work out. It's fine if it doesn't. It doesn't mean that they're a terrible person. It doesn't mean I'm a terrible person. It just means that it just wasn't a match. And that's okay. It's allowed to not be a match. Make space inside yourself to allow something for it to not be whatever it is that you expect it to be. So this way, you're not disappointed. You, you, you're, if you're allowing of it, it's like any outcome as it shows itself is whatever it is. And I'm going to use what I, whatever I see to make a decision, right? So for example, if I go out on a date and the person is on their phone the whole time and, um, you know, gets to the date 
really late and very rude or that's cool. They don't, I'm not going to nag them. I'm going to tell them, please put the phone away, change and start controlling or manipulating them. No, uh, you know, it, I can at that point say, thank you so much for this wonderful date, but I don't think that we are compatible. We're not a match at this time, but I appreciate it. And I wish you well, I wish you well on this journey. That's it. It doesn't have to be, uh, what we make it out to be. I could trust myself to see what's in front of me as it is. I'm to be trusted to see that. Nobody else is better at that than me, about me. And that's what I want you to be sure of. That's how we heal and mend this idea that I don't trust anybody. (laughs) People are not to be trusted. No, again, that statement isn't about people. If you ever say that statement, it's about you. And when you make it about people, you lose your power. You give it away. And at that point, you go to controlling external circumstances, which we cannot really control. Especially people, we cannot really control. They have free will. We need to accept that right away. I have free will, they have free will. We can nag them to death, but I'm in denial. I'm in denial when I'm doing that. If I'm arguing with them, if I keep telling them constantly to change, I'm in full-blown denial. I need to just stop. I need to just stop and trust what I already have seen and know about this person and make the decision that I need to make. Not keep nagging them out of fear. I hope I hammered that (laughs) to itty, little bitty, itty pieces for you guys because it's such an important thing that I deal with constantly. People put up their defenses and it limits what they allow in. And I don't want that for anybody. I want people to... Meet their match in order for us to meet that match of ours in love specifically. And even in friendships, we got to take that risk. We got to take that risk, show them who we are, uh, allow them to show us who they are, and we could take it or leave it. And it's just like that, taking it or leave it. And although I'm talking about love uh, and romantic connection, I'm also talking about friendships too. But Specifically, it just happened to be that I'm talking about romantic relationships because that's probably one of the primary woundings that we get when it comes to um, connecting with others or building a distrust that I see often when it comes to people in relationships and this avoidance of intimacy. That's what it results in. It's a mess. It's a mess. But we can heal that. We can heal it. If we take responsibility for it today, we can heal it. And from that place, man, oh man, uh, You are removing the threat that was once people. And you're facing it. And you're realizing they're not a threat as long as I trust myself to see what I need to see and whatever they're showing me as it is. And if it doesn't work out for me, I step back. If it works for me, I go go forward. And that's fine. That's fine. I am to be trusted. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I hope this was helpful to you. I'm sending you love and light. And remember that redefining your world is where freedom begins. This has been an episode of Drive Through.